You are listening to Resident Advisors Exchange. I'm Martha. Thank you for joining us. Your guide for this week's episode is Vanessa Maria. We're about to take a listen to her conversation with the iconic producer, Jules. Jules, baby. There's music that triggers your mind and makes you think about, you know, a lot of technical stuff. There's also music that just kind of like puts you at ease. And once you're at ease and everything is calm, that's a lot positive. You don't think about things too much, you know. A lot of the songs that I've made, you know, do give off that vibe. And, you know, that's kind of like the music that I love to make. Jules is a British Ghanaian producer and DJ who you may have heard on records with Burner Boy, Mr. Easy and Miss Banks, just to name a few. Vanessa has prepared the most fantastic introduction to Jules, so I will let you absorb that. But this month sees the release of Jules's much-anticipated debut album, Sounds of My World. And to celebrate the record, Vanessa and Jules had a chat. As you're about to hear, this conversation covers longevity, Jules's research into the Brazilian diaspora in Ghana, and the role of producers as A&Rs. I hope that you have a wonderful listen to Jules on RA's Exchange. Yo, what's good? It's Vanessa Maria here and welcome back to another edition of RA Exchange. And today we are joined by one of the most distinctive producers and champions of Afrobeats in the UK. Jules is an artist who has collaborated with some of the most exciting names in music, including Burner Boy, Wizkid, Goldlink, Jarkul and Stoneboy. His efforts have earned him a MOBO Award nomination, as well as wins for Producer of the Year at both the Ghana Music Awards and Affirma in the UK. Last year, the British Ghanaian musician joined the Recording Academy class of 2020 as a voting member of the Grammys. And earlier this year, he was summoned by Kiss FM to host a prime time slot dedicated to Afrobeats. Jules, what made you smile today? That was an amazing introduction. <laughs> Thank you. What made me smile today? Wow, that's crazy. I had to think about that. Um, I think I saw a video of a baby singing a song and it was cute and that, that's what made me smile today. Yeah, that's what oh, was, was that on TikTok? No, nah, I can't even. I think it was on Twitter somewhere. I think they were singing an Afrobeat song, Fireboy DML. They were singing a song called Peru. And it was just cute seeing the baby singing it. So I, I remember laughing at that. So. Oh, I love that. I love that. Listen, I want to start in the present moment. I feel like people always try and take it back, but I want to, I want to try and stay present. Um, we're in September. Um, it's the end of the summer. It's the first summer since we've been out of lockdown. We've been able to connect with loved ones, our friends, our family. We've been able to meet new people. What moments have brought you the most joy this summer? This summer, I think... Um... Just, you know, um, being able to be outside and enjoy music a little bit differently as compared to like last year when they were kind of like opening and closing and opening. I feel like this time 
you know, we got to be outside of doing some loud music. It was good to see people having fun as well. Um, I enjoyed hearing a lot of I'm a piano um, and the loudspeakers as well, because um, last year during the pandemic, I think a lot of us were enjoying that amongst other genres of music. Indoors, didn't really get to experience the, the fun side of it. So um, I'm, that's kind of like what I enjoyed this summer. The weather, had, was, the weather wasn't great, but, you know, the, the, the fact that you got to enjoy, you know, moments with people and, you know, see people as well, have dinner, you know, celebrate with friends and family as well. Sports more achievements here and there. Do you know what I'm saying? It was, it was, that was, that was, that was, that was good for me for the summer. And literally wrapping up my album as well. That was kind of like a lot of the things I looked up to um, during the summer, yeah. Work and play. Did you manage to catch major league DJs when they came over? I mean, they were everywhere, weren't they? But I think I got them, I must have seen them twice, maybe three times. But we had sessions and then we saw each other at other private events as well. But um, other than that, I definitely did get to see them um, live at their big show. I think I did. I DJed for one of them actually. Um, I think their main main show in London that was put together um, by a group called Afro Paradise. Um, yeah, I DJed for that show, and then I got to you know see them do one of their balcony mixes as well. Um, so yeah, man, I did, I did, I did get to see them as well. That was good. That was good. A few others have come down as well. People have relationships with Matt Jazz and Q, and they've been over. So it's been good to see them in action as well, man. Sweet. I saw, I saw um, Major League at Yam Carnival, and that was probably the highlight for me. It was the only thing I could say is like it felt like I was in like a hot country when I was in the tent. It felt like they transported me out of the grey, dull London, and I was like, wow. Those videos, yeah, I did see some of those videos. Those videos did look lit, man, I can't even lie. Yeah. I felt like I was in South Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They bring the vibes everywhere they go. I feel, I think it's a South African thing. They always bring the energy. A hundred percent. Positive, positive energy. Positive um, energy, vibes, dance. They love to dance as well, so yeah, it's good, man. All of that, and I feel like that's something that I think of when I feel when I think of your music and your brand, and also the vibe, um, positive energy, and like positive music. What does positive music mean to you? I think it's just music that just puts you in a in a good mindset. You know, um, listening to music and then some good ideas and some good memories are coming to you quite instinctively. You know, sometimes there's this there's music that triggers your mind and makes you think about, you know, a lot of technical stuff. Whereas there's also music that just kind of like puts you at ease. And once you're at ease and everything is calm, that's a lot positive. You don't think about things too much, you know. A lot of the songs that I've made, you know, do give off that vibe. You know, talk about love as well and, you know, put you in the mood to enjoy yourself, whether it's, you know, in a romantic way or literally, you know, just in a fun way as well. Um, and then if people want to dance as well, all of those things are just like positive vibes for me. And, you know, that's kind of like the music that I love to make. Um, just make sure, make it like that people are in good moods, you know, like it's a good vibe, that type of thing. No, definitely. I, I, um, I recently just went through a breakup and I actually was bumping 
um, your album where it has wishes on it. And um, I felt that honestly helped me to heal. I don't know if it's because I felt at home with that song. It has reminds me of like old reggae tracks and um, I'm Jamaican. So I was just like, yes, this is what I need. A bit of ice cream, um, a bit of jewels and... I felt like I was in a better place. How how does it how does it feel to know that your music helps people to I guess to heal through like some of like the harsh realities of life? I've had a couple of DMs um, from people talking about how my music has helped them in tough times, exams, um, and then also got someone telling me. I think this is when I was in Miami. I was out there for a gig, this is from years back. And somebody came up to me and was like, yo, bro, because of your music, this is how, um, how I met my girl. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and, you know, I remember them on the dance floor doing the most, like he was doing the wines. I was just like, wow, this is, this is Christmas somewhere. But I've never heard the story of a, of a breakup before, and that's actually kind of like a bit more, you know, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's glad, it, glad to hear that it kind of helped. It helped. So Blues as well. That one helped me through. I had that on repeat in the shower when I was crying. Like that really, it really did help. And I feel like, I feel like there's um, there's a video of like P Diddy. It's really funny. He's just like, you have to vibrate higher. And I feel like your music vibrates higher. And it's like it just helps you to come out of that that space and um, it helps you to catch a vibe with people and. Um, I feel like everyone can feel it. Um, how how do you feel at home with music? How do you how do you find like comfort in music yourself? I'm not gonna lie, it's very hard, you know. Um, before this whole COVID stuff, I was traveling literally all the time, and that's kind of like where I got inspiration, going to different places, different countries, experiencing different culture. Um, I spent I spent a lot of time in the states particularly in New York, just because of the rush, but then also just meeting different cultures over there. You know, Jamaica was one of my favorite places in the world as well. And I love reggae music and dancehall music. So I tried to kind of like catch a vibe from places like that as well. And then literally just do a lot of research and crate digging. Because my household, you know, uh, my mom, um, she listens to a lot of reggae old school reggae and old old school reggae like Jimmy Cliff stuff mm. Johnny Nash Dennis Brown oh my god um, yeah of course you can, yeah my dad used to have a lover's rock sound system okay so you, yeah. exactly so, so I like listening to a lot of lover's rock um, and dub music like Augustus Pablo and Kim Tubby and all of that mm. stuff just for like bass type of um inspiration because the bass from the Caribbean the way it's played is a lot different to how the bass is played in you know the African um, continent and stuff so it's just blend of stuff and I guess my dad you know he, he's a jazz fanatic like he has so many jazz records that I can think of from El Clue to George Benson Quincy Jones and um, that type of music is it's very calming and it's, 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 that's, that's where the positive side of things come, right? In terms of the mood and the chords and whatnot. I guess the reggae dance and the highlight stuff 
it's kind of like what gives the song, you know, energy, so it gives it a bit of a groove. I actually just thought about that now, just saying it out loud. So I guess that's kind of like where, you know, those vibes kind of like come from. And then I just use that. It doesn't necessarily come out the same, but I just know that there's some influence or there's some elements that make it feel that way in my music, do you know what I mean? So. What, what was it like going to Jamaica and experiencing the cultural? Jamaica was special and, and it's funny because I've only been there once and I went with my, um, my missus. We went for holiday. Um, we were in Montego Bay. Um, and that's actually where I actually proposed to her as well. Oh my God, no way! <laughs> yeah. That's so, so sweet. Yeah, so Jamaica, you know, has a special place in our hearts. You know, we, we're looking to go back soon, actually. Um, but in terms of the music, I didn't get to experience. Like, you would hear the songs and stuff. But I feel like I need to go to Jamaica on a solo thing. And I need to go to Kingston. Yeah. Where I can actually experience the real Jamaica. You feel me? I feel like Montego Bay is just touristy stuff, right? Yeah, the course, yeah. I'm not really trying to go to Kingston with her either. It's just a bit. <laughs> you need to, you need to make sure you have um a good tour guide, someone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I can't just rocking up to Kingston on my once, you know. No, it's, it's dangerous out there. It is. It is very dangerous. My family, um, my granddad always says to me that like. He was like, <laughs> when you go over there, make sure you stay in one of those resorts. And then you go visit the family and you come back. <laughs> it's one of, yeah, it's one of them ones. But um, I'm sure it's different for different people. But I know uh, there's, a, there's a few um, few things in my family where it's a bit sticky if we go back there. Might, some people might be wanted. Some people might be wanted. I don't know. So you, guys, be... <laughs> you guys have had that life, yeah? <laughs> Not me. But, you know, past, you know, previous family members um, are there. And there's a thing about in Jamaican culture, people can look at your face and they will tell you your family name. They will know who your family is. So yeah, you, yeah they will be like, I'm, my surname is Wilson. They will look at me and be like, you're Wilson. And they will know your, your, your grandma, your cousins, your, your, you know, your dad. It's crazy. It's crazy. So like yeah, you can't, you can't really, <laughs> you can't really hide. Um, you talked a little bit about your love for reggae music, jazz, um and you also talk about you know the fact that you're in previous interviews i've seen that you you speak about the wide variety of music that you are really influenced by what would people be surprised at that we could find in your collection what are some of the artists that you'd be like yeah no one would know that i actually really 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 like them i said people know or they'll be surprised to see they'll be surprised to see Ooh. I listen to a lot of New York rap, Mob Deep, Nas, um, Griselda. Yeah, like a lot of, I, I listen to a lot of rap music. Oh, really? Absolutely. Too much, actually. Why too much? Because that's literally what I've been listening to as a, as, a, as, as a kid. Like, grime, I never really got into grime at all. Yeah. I know the songs and everything. But I'm a hardcore listener of grime music, not really. But hip hop, I can give you the whole history, bro. Pete Rock, Jay Diller, Biggie Smalls, 
um, Public Enemy, KRS One. Oh my god, yeah. From the 90s, Big Pun, you know, um, LOX, um, Big L. Not too much Big L because he didn't really do too much, you know. Um, Yeah, like a lot of hip hop. Yeah, the old school, like boom bap sort of vibe. If you come into my car, that's what you're going to hear. That's what you're going to hear. You're either going to hear that. Or a lot of dub reggae music. And I like to listen to Augustus Pablo and King Tubby instrumentals just listening to the car. You know, when you're driving in a car, you hear the bass and it's like, tum, 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 tum. <laughs> and you're in traffic. Who's this bad man in traffic? <laughs> you like, yeah, you need to get the bass pumping. That is really interesting that you play a lot of hip hop because I know um, your Boiler Room, for example, in like 2019, you had um, like some UK rappers hop on, um, like Parsaloo. <laughs> Koji Radical, Tiggs the Author. Um, how did you select those artists to join you? So on the mixtape, first of all, they're on my mixtape color. Um, and they're the ones I have very, very strong relationships with um, in music. Um, Parsalu, I met Parsalu when he was literally on the come up. Very young, and it's so great to see where he is now. Full of confidence. I remember the first time he held the mic and he was performing. And he had one of the biggest songs as well, Frontline. Yes. And um, when he was performing, you could just tell, oh, look at this young boy. He was so timid, this, this, that. Now, he's rocking the stage with ease. And it's so great to see that, man. So happy to see that. Koji Radical, obviously fellow Ghanaians as well. I've, I've been a fan of Koji from 23 Winters, if I'm calling it correctly. But he had an album that, you know, he used to be a spoken word artist as well. And, and there was just something about his music that just attracted to it. But then when he and I got together, we did something completely different. Um, and then Tiggs the author, I've just been a fan of Tiggs from the longest while. And I remember reaching out to every single person I knew, yo, can you connect me with Tiggs? Can you connect me with Tiggs? Can you connect me with Tiggs? And I finally got through to him. And, you know, this is history. I love that you mentioned as well that, obviously, um, you met Parsley quite early. Because that's one thing that I... Um, I I looked at the, the dates of the Boiler Room and I was like, hold on, this was... I think it was like October 2019. And I was like, wasn't that before Frontline dropped, um, like officially, like, cause the video must've dropped in 2020. And I was like, oh damn, like you, that was that was from the beginning. And I think most people were introduced to Parsaloo as um, the artist who, who like rapped on Frontline. How, what in your opinion, like is the relationship between the producer and the artist then, and um, this whole like dialogue that people started around like, producers potentially maybe being better A&Rs than A&Rs themselves, because you kind of know you're making the music, right, with the artist. Mm -hmm. There are very few artists who know what they're doing and how they want to sound or have an idea of what they're doing um, in terms of structure of a song. Um, And there are very few who are very open to... um, letting um, 
producers guide them. Um, and Ponsolu is one of those artists when he was young as well, and even so now, because of the last few sessions we've had, he always likes to hear opinions. He likes to even contribute to the production by saying, can I hear something a bit more? And these days he's a bit more about hearing a lot more African percussion and, and, and sound in his music, representing, you know, it's sort of like Gambia. Um, and once the synergy between the producer and the artist are, is just perfect, the music you guys are always going to make will always be on point no matter what. That's why J5 and J House were able to make all of those records, you know, in that era. The same with Kojo Funds and GA. Um, at one point in time when me and Mr. Easy were making these records as well, you know, it was just making sense as well. Um, and I just believe with me, every single artist that I've produced a record for, you know, the chemistry and, 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 and the energy in the room in the studio has just been so great. That is one of those ones where I've made such a good song. I want to be able to be in the right frame of mind where I can create that moment and energy again. And if I can't get it again at that moment, I won't force it. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I've had so many sessions with Kid where we would create something and it would be a vibe, but it's not it. And you just know when it's the one. And when it's the one, you just know that I have both. We can move. So it's always important to have good hunches and good relationships and synergy with whoever it is that you're working. Because that way the music will always turn better. Not people coming into the studio either thinking that they're better than anybody because then the energy is just low and you're not going to make good songs, you know? So, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I always feel like as a producer, you're an artist in your own right as well. Um, you yourself are con considered one of the pioneering producers of African music in the diaspora, particularly in Afrobeat circles. I think one thing that I really value when I look at your work and your journey is how organic your growth um, comes across. And I think like you can see it, like it, it, the way you've grown your fan base, it's, everything feels like very music centered and it's for the love of the music. It's because people have gravitated towards the sound that you've created. Um, how did you how did you build your fan base? Did you have a strategy? Did you have a plan? Is it something that you just left um, like for it to grow like naturally? Like how did that how how did you do that? Everything has been organic. Never really had a machine. Um, I did have a, a, a deal with a label for a mixtape, but even that situation, I just felt like I was just doing a majority of the work myself. But everything has really just been organic, really. I think that it's, it's just good music traveling. I think a lot of the music that I've made, I've made a lot of music with Nigerians. Nigeria is one of the most popular African countries in the world. And I think if your songs do pretty well in Nigeria, it just begins to spread across all different communities. And because the Afrobeat community is so big, we literally have some of these songs also being played in the dance in the UK and the States and stuff like that. And when I started putting on my own records, just looking at the data and, and, and the statistics and seeing where it's being played. And when you see certain countries like Sweden and Amsterdam and New York and stuff, you just make a mental note and you just say, okay, cool. Who could I, con who could I connect with in these places? 
that's just what I was doing. So I reached out to I reached out to people in New York, um, and then I built a relationship with a guy called um, Abdul. And um, right, and you did a night with Jules. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But even prior to a night with Jews in New York, I had done like parties and rooftop parties in New York. Like I would fly myself out there and literally continue to build a community with the people over there and, you know, relationships. And, you know, I just built such a huge fan base in New York and you know, DMV and Sweden. Done a couple of gigs there as well. Amsterdam as well. So all of these things just been building myself in the brand, you know, organically and 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 um just become global really. Um do I want it to be more of course because I feel like you know you're always looking at the big ones like the wizards and the burners and, and David and stuff like that. But you know I'm a producer and an artist in my own right and I feel like it's slowly and steadily growing and getting there and you know, I just have so many ideas to continue to build the brand. And, and I just want everything to be organic, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, the music always stands the test of time. Definitely. I think music lost, you know, legendary music lasts forever. And it doesn't, you can't make it overnight, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. And you've recently released... Can't be made it overnight, though. This is true. But longevity is um is what, I guess, some, some people is what they're, that's what they're often other people aren't but longevity always is I think the the best route for organic growth and good music as well because you you know you get blocks you want to feel renewed and inspired by the world around you which is hard especially from lockdown and you um recently released two tracks um Wicked featuring Sam Wise Kariato and Nux and Love Me featuring um, Niniola. I love both of these tracks. Wicked is, um, it, it has like a, melo- a melodic production, but you can still catch a vibe at a party. Um, if you throw it on, Jeremy, you have some, you'll have, you have the girls dancing. How, um, how did that come back? How did it come around? Like talk to me through the stages of production. I'm actually gonna do a breakdown video for that song very soon. Um, but over the pandemic, I've just been put on a lot of Bailey funk from Brazil, funk karaoke, mm-hmm. and I was doing a lot of research. And you know, so there's there's actually a Brazil Ghana connection from the transatlantic slave because there were some Brazilians that were in Ghana and they settled there and they never left, and they stayed in. Um, in Jamestown, which is where um, my dad's family comes from. Um, and what happened is some of these Brazilians married into these Ghana families. That's my tribe, Ghana. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the reason, and, and, and the names that were given to these Brazilians were called Tabum. And they called them Tabum because when they were trying to speak to the Brazilians in the Ghana language, all they would say is Tabum, Tabum, Tabum. I don't know what that means in Brazilian, but that's literally what they used to say all the time. Um, so some of these guys married into the families in, in Jamestown. But then when I found out about that story, I started listening to different Brazilian music and I could tell that there were some similarities to some of the stuff in Ghana in terms of the beatboxing, in terms of the tempo, of the beats and whatnot. 
So I just started messing with some drums and some percussion and some samples that I had. Um, I tried to put it together and I'm like, okay, I have this beat now. And with that song, it's the beats are, there are three different moments. You know, Samwise has this moment, Kijata has this moment. And when I say moment, I just switched the beat three times, literally, or probably four times, actually. Because I just wanted each rapper to have their moment. But I chose them because they were the only ones I knew would be able to do it properly. Because, um, yeah, um, that was it. Um, I didn't see anybody who else would be able to, you know, do it to the capacity that I thought. I thought maybe I should, you know, try and get some American rappers on there. This is down the third. But I just thought, I said to myself, actually, why don't I just, you know, keep it here and create a sound that's different? It's not the typical drill stuff. It's not the typical Afro swing stuff, all of that, whatever. Um, I just thought, let me try and find the odds and then try and create something and you know be wicked and it seems to be doing quite more organically uh, so we'll see what it does over the next few months when the album drops as well i definitely love the fact that it's been inspired by ballet funk and um that story as well is, is so interesting like as a, i'm a dj as well and i play a lot of brazilian like ballet funk tracks um and i've always felt like there was like a like a gap missing in the UK for it to like thrive or just there's not like many spots or like parties that you can really go go to to hear like ballet funk. You have a few um, nights like called Boko Boko London or um, it has a bounce. It has a bounce that reminds you of garage a bit. Yeah, it does. Sounds of the tempo. So I think that's the UK similarity when it comes to that type of sound. Yeah. It's true, but I feel like the, we're 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 close to appreciating it more. Obviously, you have like rappers like Blanco who are jumping on, um, like beats that are similar to that. So um, it's nice to hear that that is getting it's getting a shine where it needs to. Um, I also saw that you. I think, he's, I think he's Angolan or Portuguese or something, and I guess that's kind yeah. of like the connection. Portuguese Brazilian, and then he's been working with Sangro, who has been very instrumental in that that world as well so i guess that's where the um connection is i think have you have you linked up to, with blanco yet or no sent an email i haven't got a response yet oh uh, we hope to make that happen because i know you already um you linked up with sango with your little with a little project you had released two tracks yeah yeah we've got more stuff in the stash though but we want to make it special but yeah me and sango have been working we talk almost every other week so Sango Jewels and Blanco. That would be a that would be a moment. <laughs> yeah, he just needs to respond to the emails, bro. <laughs> Listen, like Blanco, if you're listening, please just respond. He's, he's not listening to this, but I'm sure somebody will send a message to him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also love the track "Love Me." It felt very spiritual and very very beautiful. The saxophone running through it. Everybody says it's spiritual. It is spiritual, very spiritual, and the saxophone in it as well. Like it's lovely. Did you record all the instrument, all, all the instruments live? Um, sax was live, guitar was live. I played some of the percussion live, and then some of them are other stock sounds that I have been collecting over the years, and I just structured everything together. 
So yeah, it's pretty much life, to be honest. And I, and I made it that way because when I'm doing my own show, I would like it to be live as well and kind of like bring it to life, do you know what I mean? Live, live instruments well, just always bring the best energy as well. And it sounds amazing. Absolutely. Thank you, man. No, of course. And as part of the track as well, I've seen that you, um, you're not only a DJ and a producer, but also a director because you released a short film for Love Me. Talk a little bit about how that, wh why you decided to do that. So initially, the plan was to do a visualizer with a dancer. When it came up, we weren't, we weren't happy with it. So I was like, you know what? I've got this crazy idea of doing a horror type of trip, whatever. So I linked up with my guy, Ray Fiasco, super duper um, film director. He's done lots of stuff for Kendrick, Goldlink. Yeah, he's done a lot of things for so many people. Shaka, he's been about. And his producer, Yomi, amazing Yomi as well. Went to their house. I was like, guys, how can we revive this? Then I was like, what if we shot in the woods? Gave them a whole idea. Old school car, find a model, you know, beautiful dark skinned girl who has that killer instinct or that killer instinct look. You know, she's just literally, you know, killing someone in the woods and then putting the body in the trunk and then going to burn the body. Literally, straightforward. Um, and we were like, yeah, let's do it. So, um, yeah, we literally shot um, in a warehouse in the east, and then we went to the forest, and it just made everything happen. And bada boom, bada boom. It's not the first video that I've directed. I've directed a video for a song that I produced for one day called "Called Some So." Mm -hmm. So um, I directed that as well, and a lot of the other videos that you know I've done. I definitely have some sort of input in terms of the creativity and everything as well. So who knows? I might get into film soon. <laughs> I actually do know. I do want to get into film and music in some some form. And I'm going to do it. So yeah. That would be amazing. And of course, you have an album on the way. Can we expect to see more videos coming up? that album yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to i'm trying to do at least i mean you know what it just depends i really want to push the album and the music first quite significantly for a very good amount of time i don't want the album to just you know be making a noise for like one two weeks and that's the end now i need the album to really like you know, be out here. I wanted to, you know, get that longevity. See how West Kid made in Lagos to still be in play to this day? Yeah, I, I need that. And for that to happen, I just want to put together some sort of marketing plan or strategy that's just going to, you know, because it's a huge world. There's so many people around the world. I want to be able to travel and go to certain places, do showcases. And, and, and think of very creative ways to kind of like, you know, um, um, make noise about the album. Um, 
and, and depending on the success, of course, I'd like to shoot so many more videos. I mean, I do have, you know, a couple more videos in the pipeline. And I've, got, I've got ideas for every single song anyway. So we have Blanco and we have secret investors that need to get in contact with you. <laughs> I've got a lot of things on the, on the table. <laughs> yes, there is. Creating an album, producing an album, obviously it takes a lot of time and patience. What has that process been like for you? I'm making this album for about two and a half years. And um, even when I put out the mixtape Colour, I was working on it. Some of the beats that I, was, um, I used on this album, I created, you know, some time back and I just put them on hold. I think it's a blessing in disguise because um, I got my studio literally after I dropped the mixtape. Um, I said that I'm getting a studio. Literally going to be in here and create. Um, you know, when the pandemic happened, I don't know what would I, I would have done if I didn't have a studio space to like create and work and stuff because there was no way I was going to be able to create and work in my in my flat. There was no vibe there. Um, yeah, it wouldn't have been great. So getting that, getting the studio and literally setting it in the right mood and, and the way that I wanted it to feel, and, and at least helped me to create because I'm not able to travel. Right, was probably the best thing. Um, and I think it was really straightforward because everybody really wanted to work, especially in the last year when I dropped Soweto Blues. Like I've been doing music for a while and I had songs and every other, every year I can state categorically that, you know, I have dropped the classic every single year from 2015, 2016 for the Afrobeat books. But then Soweto Blues for some reason, I think it's Soweto Blues and Blessed. I think those records are the ones that kind of like had a wider audience paying attention. I don't know whether it's because the sound is a bit more, you know what I'm saying? But I feel like that's when it happened. And then when I dropped that, you know, reaching out to artists and, you know, getting collaborations done was a lot easier than, you know, before with the mixtape. The mixtape, it was signed to a label and I would have thought that would have been a lot more easier because label, you know what I mean? Um, and I ended up a nine that mixtape again by myself. And it was just like, come on, man. This album, I A&R'd completely by myself again, um, completely independent, um, distributing through the orchard. Um, and I just feel like they have just given me all the um, freedom to do exactly what I want in terms of the music, what I want to put out there. Um, and yeah, you know, some of the collaborations, you know, very exciting. You have Whiskey on the album. We have Sotty Soul from Kenya on the album. We have Bass, you know, from James Brown on the album as well. Manny Wells, Fireboy DML, Agent Sasko from Jamaica. Mm. And there's a secret one. I'm trying to pull a Kanye. Oh, a little a little Donda vibe. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to um, sneak in a song on there, but I have to see if it, if it can be done this week. Okay. If that can happen, then that'll be that'll be that'll be a smash. So fingers crossed. We'll pray on that one. 
We'll pray on that one. What do you feel like your the struggle is when you are both a producer and a DJ? Because you're not just um, you're not just producing; you also DJ. And I often feel like the skills are quite different. So I just I wanted to know what what do you feel like are the different skills that you need when My you're a DJ? My struggle is that I never really get time to practice DJing. It's so bad. Anytime I get booked, I'm just going with vibes. It's probably like a day or like on the day, I'm like, all right, let me see what I'm going to do. And then boom, boom, boom. I never get to practice. So I'm glad this album was coming out. So I can get to relax. And then I want to get, you know, some decks and then, you know, literally practice, you know, some sets and, you know, be experimental in what I do. Because come 2022, I want to be able to tour and, you know, do special showcases and, you know, you know, be out here, you know. So that's the struggle. And I used to be always on top of things when it came to the latest songs. Now, I don't even know what's out there. There's so much music. <laughs> this is this is one of the struggles I find as well. It's hard. It's hard. Even when you hear a track to then find time to download it, put it into Rekordbox or Serato or whatever. It's long. And this, this is why I, 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 um, this month I've been going out a lot. Because sometimes you go out, don't get me wrong. I'm familiar with a lot of the music. But then there are some songs that some of the DJs are playing and everybody's going around. I was like, what song is this? Let me find out what the song is. So I'll go and download it and play in my crate. You know, because as a DJ, when you're playing for certain cars, you want to have certain songs so that you know that you get the, 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 the vibe jumping, you know? No, 100%. I'm always in the dance of like my Shazam, but I'm always like hiding it like, on like in the crowd, like down below, because I don't want, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> no, man, I have no shame, man. I've got my Shazam up, out there. Like, you were like, nah, let me know. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm, I'm going straight to the DJ booth. I'm like, yo, I'm looking, at the, I'm looking at the crew. Yo, what the hell is this? <laughs> I'm that guy. And I think I can do that because. You can. Majority, majority DJs that they are probably know, I'm just like, brother. And when they see me approaching, they always have a smile on, my f- on their face because they know why I'm coming with like, brother, what song is this? You need to, you know, let me know. There are some DJs that are very stingy with that stuff. They don't even want to share, you know, certain refixes and remix. I never understood that. Yeah, it's just weird to me. But, some people change the track name. So when you look, it's not even the, the name oh, of the track. Okay, so it's not just me, right? Because one time I was, <laughs> don't even want to call the person out. I went to the, to the deck and I'm looking at the the, the the metadata to see what the track is. And then this guy has named it Secret Weapon. I'm just oh. like, bro, what? It was like, and I was like, and I was like, what's the name of the song, bro? It was like, don't watch that, don't watch that. I'm just like, oh on, my god. These times I even put the Shazam on and I actually found out what the song was. So I'm just like, bro, this is the song. Why are you acting like that? What song was it? it was laughing. Well, it's more than a piano song. Oh, God. That is actually so funny. <laughs> Secret Weapon. The thing is, though, if you're going to name your track Secret Weapon, when you make, when you like write out a track list or if you're recording anything, you're not even going to know the name. And how are you going to credit the producer or like, the artist? I mean, I don't think they're, they're going to do that. But I think in the dance, literally, you know, they just have certain... Bro, there's, bro, there's some DJs that don't even want to share refixes they don't want to share the name of the artist and even the producer the beats i'm just like what are you guys doing man you guys just want to have all the 
gems to yourself. How can the music spread and how can the music grow? Exactly. You're trying to be the only DJ to play one. Nah, it's all about sharing. Music is to connect people together. So you can't do that with you if you're hogging all the good tracks. Like, come on. <laughs> That's why most of the time, like when I'm DJing, I don't like to be DJing at places where there's just like so many DJs on the lineup. And even if there are so many DJs on the lineup, I just like it to be a thing where it's like everybody just knows what they're doing. Mm. You know, there's those DJs that when they're next, you know, when you're next or they see that you're coming on, then they're just trying to play all the, the bangers and they won't leave any room for you. It's the word. Like, Whoa, what, what are you doing? <laughs> like, that's, that's selfish, man. Like, oh, man. But yeah, no. It's, it's, I hear you. Because I like, I like my, I like, I'm, I'm very polite and I like to um, respect and I don't like to stop the toes. So if I get to the dance and I'm DJing, get to the booth, questions I ask, what's been played? What are you playing? What are you playing? Okay, you guys have decided to do this, you decided to do that. Cool. I also know what I'm going to do. Then everything is cool and calm it's not now that you're going to be telling me i don't know you know this it's just vibes and sometimes it can be that it can just be vibes but i just feel like it's just polite to leave enough for every other dj to also have his or her sound or spotlight when she's or she when he or she is you know djing you know so that we can all enjoy the 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 the, 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 the energy do you know what i mean some people just want to be the only DJ and be like, oh, all my days, all my days. Vanessa shut it down, you know. <laughs> yeah, everybody else was trash. It was Vanessa, it was Vanessa because Vanessa played all the bangers and we didn't have any bangers. Oh my God. I've talked about this with my friend the other day and I said, I said, you know what? At the end of the day, I think we need to take the approach of it's an event for people to enjoy. It's a party that we're throwing together. We're all on the lineup. We're a team. So if we can all... Like make sure that the night is successful from start to finish. That's 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 what is gonna make the party sick. Not if one person is playing all the bangers back to back. Like you know, we have to say it up for other people. Um, at the end of the day, Mate. you also mentioned that you want to tour in twenty twenty two. What are your other hopes for the future? In terms of music, music, life. What 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 can we expect from you? I don't know what I can expect for myself. All I don't, all I know is that I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to improve musically. Um, I do definitely want to, you know, try, you know, the film stuff 100%. I want to see what I can do over there. Um, I feel like my sound is going to shift a bit. Um, still going to be very, very much the stuff that I do, but I want it to be a bit more for the dance floor now. Um, and literally just, you know, making sure everybody has fun on the dance floor. That's kind of like what I'm trying to do. I look up to, to Black Coffee a lot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, music, you know, it's just music for the dance floor. Um, I've got so many ideas I can't really say right now, but, you know, I, 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 I definitely want to, um, you know, be a bit more expansive and executive, produce a lot of albums for artists, you know, who are doing their thing, one of the buzz, we have a big artist. Um, 
maybe a rap out al- maybe a rap album you know you seem to <laughs> you never know though you never you know, never know. Uh, but i do know that i want to executively produce executive produce like a an a, a very dope album by a very dope artist whether the person has a buzz already or is already established i want to be able to you know i feel like you know with this album and this is the first one i'm ready to be a a producer that's gonna go in and you know whoever I get in with we're gonna make something great and you know I wanna have a lot of music out you know you know yeah man there's some good things in store but you know I'm just staying I'm just staying focused and level headed there you know I wanna be able to build on my craft so you know I wanna take my time and God willing God willing to close off, I just wanted to ask you, what would you tell your 16-year-old self? Um, save your money. Yeah, save your money and um, put a little bit more seriousness in your passion. That's what I would advise. That's what I would do for a 16-year-old self. I mean, at 16, what was I even doing, man? It's doing maths and stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, you know, Never, never, never put your passion away. You know, save everything that you can. You know, you just never know. Save your money and stay passionate. That's a lovely note to end on. Thank you so much for your time, Jules. It's been such a pleasure. This has been our exchange with myself and Maria, and we have been joined by Jules. Thank you for listening to RA's Exchange with Jules and Vanessa Maria. Our full archive is available for you to take in. If you enjoyed this episode, you might like to listen to Vanessa chatting to the KISS FM presenter and host of Spotify's Who We Be podcast, Henry Cushway. That is available on all platforms right now. I will have a new episode for you next week. Until then, take care.